we're just going to kind of hang out and talk today. Is that okay with you guys? Honestly, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. You, you, you begin to teach on healing, and then you see healing, and then you get sick. <laughs> and so we've been, Tracy and I both have been struggling with sinus stuff, and I'm, I'm uh, slightly Holy Spirit drunk and slightly Sudafed head. <laughs> so I apologize if my voice is a little different, or I'm a little more mellow than normal. <laughs> but it may be better because I, I listened to a few of my sermons and realized how ridiculously fast I talk. And I apologize. I could barely keep up with myself when I was listening to it. So I literally wrote down on every one of these pieces of paper to slow down. So <clears throat> we're just going to talk. We're, I'm going I'm to touch base on some of the main points that we've made up to this point um, in this series called Inside Out. And uh, most of you that have been here know that it's, it's understanding and really more than understanding, receiving the truth that God has for us, that he lives inside us and his spirit is, is within our heart, um, and, it, and it produces in us good things. It's not something that we have to train ourselves and perform to do. It, it is who we are, and it's God's truth. How many of you know that, that the truest thing about you is what God says about you? Do you know that? It's not about what people say about you. It's not even what you say about yourself. Um, but it's what God says about you. There's nothing that we will ever face outside of us greater than who is inside of us. We have a divine, (laughs) supernatural spirit that lives inside us. It's kind of a big deal. (laughs) It it really has, and like like I said from the very beginning, since I first started preaching here as interim pastor, Grace has, has a lot of really, really serious implications. It, it, it requires some things of us, even though it gives us everything. And it, it really is the wind behind our back because it takes away all the intimidation of ministry because God does it for us. So, 3 John 1 2, <laughs> 1 2 says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Now, that's a, that's, that's a testimony to this whole inside-out thing. You're as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. So we're strong in spirit so that we can be healthy in body. It's, if, how many of you know that you can, which we talked about already, uh, sickness, Jesus does not put sickness on us, so we're not being punished for anything, and sickness does not hinder us from ministry. Does that make sense? Um, if... If I was to say, well, I don't feel good, so I'm not going to preach today, that doesn't benefit you at all, does it? (laughs) In the same way, God's not waiting for us to feel better to love people and to minister to people. We can do it in the midst of our sickness. We can, we can, we can, (laughs) here's a novel idea, not let our circumstances control who we are and how we act and what we do. The fact of the matter is, we weren't, we weren't, we're not, we're not waiting to do things until we get to heaven. We had a good conversation Wednesday night um, in youth uh, about miracles and, and, and healing. And uh, one of the kids that was in there said, I just thought of something. He said, uh, you think they call miracles miracles in heaven? And I was like, hmm, probably not because <laughs> there's no sickness in heaven. I don't think they would say, hey, I'm not sick. That's a miracle, <laughs> Right? And I was like, man, that's a revelation. That was really good. But right now, we live on earth. We live in a body, right? Do you remember the convention of bodies we talked about? Our bodies getting together and saying, hey, um, 
my spirit man is horrible. <laughs> he worries all the time, and he stresses out, and he keeps me in knots, and I have a headache. And, and then the other, the other body says, you know, my spirit man that drags me around is awesome. <laughs> he loves people, and he's not stressed out, and he's just free, and, and uh, he's, he's physically healthy all the time because he's just he's carefree, and he doesn't have to stress out about all these things because it's who he is. You cannot have authority on earth unless you have a body. Did you know that? <laughs> you have to be here to carry the authority we talked about last week. Um, but because we still live on earth, we want to develop a culture of healing. The reason I say culture of healing is that we walk daily in the health and healing of Christ. We're not trying to survive from miracle to miracle. Does that make sense? We're not saying, okay, well, we need another one. We need another one. We need another one. We live out the truth that's within us. So we don't need all the time to see supernatural, supernatural things that we perceive to be supernatural. How many of you know that salvation, like we talked about, is supernatural? How many of you know that, um, just like we were talking about anxiety, when you're free from anxiety, that's supernatural. It may not be, you know, a limb growing that we can see, but it's supernatural change in someone's, in someone, someone's body here on earth right now. Um, God's promises are for us right now. It's not just to wait until we get to heaven. Rapture is not an escape plan. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a reservation for a party <laughs> to, to, for the bridegroom. If you're sick or on medication that does not stop you from ministering healing to others, we do not depend on our flesh to be qualified or unqualified. We are qualified by the blood of Jesus. If we depend on our bodies to be perfectly healthy all the time, you're depending on the wrong thing. Even though we do believe in healing and we pray for complete healing, there are times when we get sick, right? We know that. We know we, we, we still live in a fallen world. Even though we're divine creatures walking around in a fallen world in these bodies temporarily. Does that make sense? So we will, we will experience to an extent. But guess what? We'll also experience an advancement of the kingdom to an extent. We won't see its fullness until we get to heaven or Jesus comes back. But we will experience it. We have. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen the advancement of his kingdom here on earth. So we don't, there are times when we pray and we don't see the things that we think we should see and we don't understand them, but I can't, I can't negate, I can't just embrace the things I don't understand and not embrace the things that I do and that I have seen. There are things that are mysteries that God has and I don't quite understand them, but there are things that I've seen that I do understand that he's good and he's healed people. We're going to go through, this is just kind of a touching on everything that we've kind of been talking about. Just kind of pulled some highlights from this week. And a few of them I missed because I kind of rushed through um, or try to make up for time. So we'll kind of hit on those too. One, know that your health and wholeness are part of the kingdom you represent. We don't seek healing. We receive it as part of the kingdom. Does that make sense? It's not healing. Healing's not the end. Healing's just part of the kingdom that that we end up getting when we, when we receive salvation too. Know that health and wholeness are part of your new creation identity. Your old self deserved sickness and punishment and death. It did. But it was crucified with Christ if you're new in him. If you've, been, if you've received salvation, you're not your old self anymore. You're your new self. Number three, now that God wills good, know, <laughs> I can't even read, know that God wills good health for you. God wills that you're healthy. He wants you to prosper. Number four, there's no sickness in heaven. We just talked about it. Miracles probably aren't called miracles in heaven because there's no sickness in heaven. 
Number five, disease is clearly an enemy Jesus fought against. Did you not see throughout all of Jesus' ministry that he was constantly running around healing the sick? Why would Jesus, the creator, the the manifest son of God in humanly form, fight sickness? I don't know. Maybe they know. (laughs) Jesus demonstrated and then commanded us to do the same thing and gave us the authority to do it. And took away our own personal responsibility. He does it for us, through us. Number six, he built, it into your, he built into your body the ability to fight disease and sickness. How many of you know that your body naturally fights sickness and disease on its own? It, it began in him. Were we not created in his image? It's in your DNA to fight sickness and disease. It's already trying to do it. Why would we not do the same thing in our soul? Our spirit fights it inside of us. Number seven, Jesus never put sickness on anyone. Number eight, we talked about the Greek word sozo. It means healing for the whole person. It's used interchangeably for salvation and healing. When Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus that he would be saved, that word was sozo, and it meant physically healed as well. And he was healed of blindness. So just like we talked about in the beginning of the service too when I was praying, uh, salvation comes from the Latin word salve, S-A-L-V-E, salve, is like neospore and it's treats, it's healing. So salvation is healing. And those, that sozo, the word Jesus used all the time in salvation and healing, that means those, those same things are interchangeable. Number nine, salvation comes... Oh, I just told you what it was. That was number nine. Sorry, I didn't give you the number. <laughs> and I just made the noise for some reason. All right, ten. This is where we're going to kind of hang out for a little bit. God's word heals us. How many of you know God's word is good? Um, when we hear it, it's pleasant. It's not, it doesn't go against what's inside of us because he created us. It's in our DNA. His word is good. Now I'm going to go, we're gonna have, I've got a lot of scriptures, so if you're writing, write fast. I'll try to go slow, but write fast. Psalm 107.20 says, he sent out his word and healed them. John 1.14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Psalm 103, 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now, I used to think that that was just all of me right now. Like, I've got to bless him all and clap and holler and everything that's within me. But how many of you know that's all of everything that you minister to other people? How many of you know that's everything that comes out of you? As we talked about, it comes from the heart and moves out. Your, your children, your, your spouse your neighbor, your business. Those things should be, you should be blessing people with those. If you have a business, you should be blessing people with your business. Does that make sense? If, if you have people that are around you, you should be blessing with them with all that is within me. All of it. Psalm 103, it goes on to say, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Doesn't get much more blatant than that. Isaiah 53, 5 by his stripes we're healed. Psalm 32, 30, verse 2. Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. James 5, 16. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for, pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is like salve. These, these are words from God. 
These are healing words that he's telling us that are very simple and very straightforward. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. How many of you know when you speak the word of God and speak life into people, it's healing to them? In their spirit, it's healing to them. I'm going to give you a, a quick exercise to do when you get home, when you leave here, when you go to lunch. Make, it, make a note, remind yourself to pray over your spouse. Speak the word over your spouse. Your kids, the next time you talk to your kids, find a scripture, find a word that speaks life into your kids. Listen, the, word, the world is telling your kids a lot of stuff. I know because I have kids and they're learning a lot of stuff without me there. Speak life into your kids. Speak the word over your kids. It's like salve. It's healing. It's good. Your waitress at the restaurant when you leave here, speak life. Speak the word into your waitress. You don't know what kind of day she's having. This is, how, how many of you are during worship? <clears throat> this, is, this is so good because I keep seeing the salve thing. It's just like healing. How many of you doing worship thought, man, I just want to go out and punch somebody in the face? I just, I just want to get angry about something right now. I just really want to get ticked off. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't hear that behind me. <laughs> I heard a lot of happy people. Some so happy they were shouting, right? That's good. And I, I'm thankful, I'm really thankful for men that are willing to stand up and shout to the Lord and love the Lord. Because in here I see it, but I don't see it that much in the world. I see a lot of men being quiet, except at football games. <laughs> but men, I, I, I encourage you, in here as well as out there, speak up to your kids, speak up to other people's kids. Man, I heard somebody this weekend just shouting to their kids and just being really ugly, and it broke my heart. They were not speaking life into their kids. And it tore me up inside. Trace will tell you, I just, I, seriously, I didn't sleep at all last night. I just couldn't deal with it. I just had a hard time with it. It happened pretty fast. I didn't have really much I could say at that point. But I could see the fear in those kids' face, and it just broke me inside. Listen, if you don't have any, find some kids to pour God's love into. They need it. If you've ever been around middle school kids, they're mean. (laughs) And some of these kids have parents that don't help them out much when they get home. So. Proverbs. I already said that. You can't read all this stuff and, and, and see these great things in Scripture and not feel, and not feel better. <laughs> it really does. It really is a healing. How many of you know when the doctor gives you medicine, you don't just put it up in the cabinet <laughs> or throw it in the trash or ignore it or hope it jumps into your mouth and takes itself? <laughs> we take the word in. It pierces our hearts and it's there. His spirit is there. It's not something like we've been, I continue to say this, it's not something we convince ourselves is truth. He reveals the truth to us. This is a table, whether you believe it's a table or not. (laughs) 
It is what it is. God's truth is truth whether you believe it or not. And it will benefit you whether you want it to or not. If you'll just receive it. How many of you know you can receive other things (laughs) that are not of God? You know you have to take offense. You have to take it. No one can offend you. They can't put offense on you. You have to take offense. Do you think that's edifying to your body? Do you think it's edifying to your soul? Your spirit rejects it. It's not what it's not what you're made for. We have to understand our divine design. How many of you know that you were created in God's image? It's a pretty simple truth. We all kind of hear that a lot. But like we talked, I've talked about before the whole the whole Ferrari thing or the, the car designer at Toyota. When he designed that car and it came out at the end of the assembly line, he didn't go, hmm, I wonder how this thing works. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if it runs on orange juice. I wonder where the key goes. Design precedes creation. Purpose precedes creation. God knew exactly how you worked before he made you. God didn't make you and, you and design you and build you meticulously in your mother's womb. And then when you came out, go, hmm, I wonder how this guy works. I wonder what will make him happy. I, w- I wonder what will bring him joy. God doesn't tell us don't commit adultery because he doesn't want us to be happy. He doesn't want you to get shot. <laughs> he knows what's best for you. <laughs> These commandments are so that he's happy with you and so that you don't go to hell. This is, this is advice he's given you because he made you. <laughs> These commands are advice now. They're like, hey, now that we're in this together, let me show you how you're made. Let me show you what I've woven into you since the beginning of time. Not some cosmic goo <laughs> from the zoo to you. <laughs> I heard a pastor say that. That was pretty funny. Cosmic goo to the zoo, and then to you. You were created with a purpose. God designed you, and he knows what benefits you. So his word heals you from the inside out. And he doesn't give you what you don't need. He's not going to put fear and torment and anguish and anxiety. He's not going to put that on you. You don't, see, you don't see Jesus going around going, you know what? I think I'm going to make this guy sick. I think, I think you're not tormented enough. <laughs> Colossians 1.16 says, For in him all things, say all things, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That's good. (laughs) That is good news. You're made for him. Car's made for gasoline. You're made for Christ. You run on Jesus juice. (laughs) I don't know. In verse 17, it goes on to say, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He holds you together. He holds your marriage together. He holds your relationships together. He holds your sanity together. (laughs) He holds your atoms together. 
He literally holds everything together. Duh. Truth is, truth is easy. <laughs> Y'all, God makes my job easy. <laughs> All I have to do is proclaim truth. Everything that is made is held together by him and through him. Try to hold your own life together. Try to build it on selfishness or hatred or unforgiveness. Try to try hard to take more offense. <laughs> Let me know how that turns out. You literally feel better when you love your enemies. When you choose joy despite your circumstances. When you choose to forgive instead of holding a grudge. How many of you enjoy holding a grudge? <laughs> How many of you enjoy staying up all night angry at people and taking some kind of offense? I, I, I personally, and I've heard, I heard a story about this and I thought about it, and I've personally been offended by someone who was saying something about someone else and I overheard it and thought they were talking about me. <laughs> How stupid is that? That's the S word at a house. I can't say stupid at home. Our kids think it's the worst word in the world. Don't say that. So shh, don't tell them I said that. But that's stupid. <laughs> that's really dumb. It doesn't make any sense. We don't forgive because our salvation is at risk. We forgive because our peace of mind and health is at risk. We want, do we not want to be happy? I mean, seriously, this is really, really, if you, if you break it down to its very most basic form, it's, it really is counterintuitive for us to, to, to do these things and act this way the way that we do a lot of times. We, we almost force ourselves to be angry and frustrated at people, and we torment ourselves with it. Yep. We don't forgive because our salvation is at risk. We forgive because our peace of mind and our health is at risk. If we put Christ in the center instead of all those other things I was talking about, We'll have life, we'll have love, we'll have healing, we'll have wholeness. If Christ is the center of our life, we talked about it, we've been talking about abiding in the vine, don't abide in branches, abide in the vine. When we're running on Jesus' juice, <laughs> we're running on Jesus, we're running on Christ, what we're designed to do, we're part of his kingdom and we're moving and functioning the way that we're supposed to function. The same way a car runs great on gasoline with the key in the ignition and all the, all the pistons firing on each cylinder with each spark perfectly timed, Designed that way from, from an engineer. You were made in the image of God, designed to, to, to be like Him. When we work His way, we work well. When we work our own way, we fall apart. All the while, our Holy Spirit's knocking, saying, Hey, remember me in here? Why are you trying to do this all yourself? Why are you trying to save yourself? Why are you trying to do all this on your own? You can't make it on your own. Why are you trying to protect yourself? Why are you trying to defend yourself? You've got me in here. <laughs> but he tells us to give ourselves. You see how that, that changes your perspective? When you think you can do it all yourself, you, begin, you become self-centered and become self-righteous. But he says to... to to give your life in order to in order to receive whoever tries to save your own life will lose it but whoever loses their own life will save it 
That doesn't mean just die. It's giving your life, what we do day in and day out, giving who you are to Him, you begin to get life. He gives you exactly what He designed you to, to do and to be on this earth, and that's to be life and to speak life in other people. And that's the tree of life that we live from, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that one. <laughs> it's not good fruit. You were made and designed for righteousness. It fits. You are image bearers of God. In Matthew twenty-two twenty-one, 21, Jesus is talking about the, the, uh, the money where Caesar's on it. He says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar because it bears his image. And give to God, what's God what belongs to God. Guess who carries God's image? You do. <laughs> so he's saying, okay, give Caesar, this has his image, give it to him. But give God what bears his image. That's me. That's you. So we submit to our design. We submit our life to the God that designed us. We bear his image. I heard a, uh, a pastor this past week I was listening to talking about a conversation he had with an atheist. And the atheist was trying to convince him that you don't have to be a Christian to do good things, to be good. And uh, the pastor said, I completely agree with that. <laughs> That's true. And he said, why? He asked the atheist, well, why? And he said, well, because it feels good to do good things. And he said, okay, why does it feel good to do good things? Who put that there? Who put that feel good in there? God did. <laughs> he created us to do good things, and it feels good when we do them because he made us that way. You know what the atheist said? Nothing. <laughs> he didn't have anything to say. Because he didn't have anybody that he could say, put that there. God designed us to be happy and to, be, to have joy when we're living outside ourselves. When we begin to leverage our lives for other people, because it's not about what we can do, but it's about what he can do through us. And we begin to see Christ's divine perspective from his divine perspective. We begin to see people the way he sees people. We begin to love people the way he loves people. And it changes the way we view everything. And it's good. It's like salve. It's like healing to our bodies because we know that it's not all about us. And it's not even dependent on us because he's the one that gives us authority. He's the one that has the power that works through us. Proverbs 14.30. I told you I have a lot of scriptures, but they're really good, and they're like salves, so take them. This is medicine. <laughs> Proverbs 14.30. A sound, a sound, peaceful heart is life to the body. I'm going to say that again. A sound, peaceful heart is life to the body, but envy rots your bones. How do you know our bones produce cells for our immunity? What a neat parallel there. You want to be sick? Take on some envy. <laughs> take on some strife. Take on some, some anger. Take on some anxiety. Take that on if you want to be sick. Sickness isn't just, just obvious physical ailments. You can, you can be sick in your mind. You can be sick in your... All over, you can just be sick in lots of different places. I'm not going to get into every detailed way you can be sick. But I'm telling you, you can make yourself miserable if you choose to. 
if you want to take on those things, but that's not what you're designed to do. Your body naturally rejects that stuff, and your spirit does as well. These aren't religious duties that... <laughs> I don't know why I can't say duty without giggling, but these aren't religious duties that... And I wrote it, and I don't even know how I didn't catch it the first time. These aren't religious duties that if you don't do them, you'll be punished. These are simply truths that will work whether you receive them or not. Just receive them. <laughs> why not? If, if my, if my car, I, I relate everything to cars because I like cars, but if my car was broken and the engine exploded or broke and someone gave me a new engine to put in it and I was like, nah, I think I'm just going to push this one around. <laughs> that would be dumb. If God's designed you a certain way and something's not working correctly inside you and he has something for you that will work, just receive it. <laughs> I'll leave that alone because I don't have time to go Just receive it. Jesus never said, hey, try this. This might work. <laughs> he never said, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's try my way and see if it works better than your way. He, he spoke with authority because he had authority. He said, do this. Not because he was angry and he, he was mad at you or he'd be mad at you if you didn't. He was like, I know how you work. <laughs> I made you, silly human. <laughs> and I swear he said that to the disciples a few times. It's just translated differently. <laughs> Look, silly human. <laughs> Don't you know who you're talking to? Yeah, but who's going to be first? Shut up. <laughs> Don't you get it? <laughs> I am God. <laughs> Jesus is funny. Mark, <laughs> Mark 5, 5, night and day, Oh, this is the demon-possessed guy. Night and day among the tombs and the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. This is talking about the guy that possessed. You remember the guy? With the, he was hanging around with the, uh, hanging around with the uh, pigs, I think. He had a bunch of demons in him, legions of them. And Jesus came and cast him out, right? Do you, think, <laughs> do you think he was happy when he was cutting himself and screaming? Does that sound like a healthy, happy human? When he was cutting himself with stones? I don't think so. So Jesus heals them in verse 15. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, listen to this, sitting there, dressed, and in what? His right mind. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness brings cutting of stones and screaming and, and gnashing of teeth and torment and anger and anguish and frustration and fear, that's the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven doesn't bring that. It brings light. It brings peace. It brings sitting down, dressed, and sound mind. Simple. You're not made for the kingdom of darkness. You were designed for the kingdom of God. Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, pay attention to my words. Open your ears to what I say. <laughs> like, take the fingers out of your ears, silly humans. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. Do not lose sight of these things. Keep them deep within your heart because they are life to those who find them and they heal the whole body. The truest thing about you is what God says about you. Open your ears. Listen to what he says. 
There is now no condemnation for those in Christ. There's no reason for you to be tormented by anything small or big at this point in your life. If you choose to take on condemnation, your body will resist it. Your body doesn't even want it. If you choose to take on offense, your stomach, your physical body will be in knots. It's trying to resist something that's not made for it. Hear that. We are designed to carry the kingdom with us. We're designed to carry peace and a sound mind. And we are clothed with Christ in righteousness. We are righteousness because he's made us righteous. And it goes on in verse 23. Guard your heart more than anything else because the source of life flows from it. It doesn't go into it. It flows from it. And we're going to kind of come up here... Um, Emily, if you'll come up and play real quick. Um, this whole thing, from the last series on, on love to this series on healing, seriously came from, from the vision that I got about the heart, and then when I did the research about the, the guy with the, with the heart and all of his arteries going out. I really, really want you. Do we still have that slide? I want, this, I want this image burned into your brains. Because two reasons. Because it kind of makes me laugh because of the way he stands. And God wants us to be happy. Check out my arteries, guys. The second reason is, it reminds me of a vine. And it shows the source of this Christ that lives within me. And the love and the power and the peace that I carry when I walk around in this, in this fallen world. And it reminds me that I don't have to stress out and think about myself all the time and what I'm taking in because my arms are open to receive what he has in my heart. And then my arms are open to, to, to reproduce, to, to let that love and that, and that kingdom flow out from me, out from the heart, out. You can't do that if you're trying to get stuff. What can I get from me? How can I make myself happy? How can, I, how can I fix all of my problems? How can I save myself? How can I defend myself? You, you can't receive like that. And you can't give unless you receive. So we're this guy. <laughs> because his love flows out from us. And we find our purpose in that. We find, we find our divine design from the very beginning we find our icon, Greek, our image. We're image bearers of the Christ that lives within us. So we begin to look like him. And I'm not talking about our nose looks like God's nose and our chin looks like God's chin. But the fruit that we produce is just like his. It's, it's from the tree of life. And so when people come to us, we give them fruit. Like, hey, this is good for you. This is life to you. This is not condemning. We want, we want the best for you, the same thing God wants for you. And so when you, when you leave here, you get that metanoia, that, that repentance, that changing the way you think, that putting on those grace eyeglasses, those, the, that Christ-like flowing out. 
because now he's looking, he's seeing, he's within you. And he sees what people need, not what they deserve. So you guys stand up with me. We're going to... uh, Uh, Melvin and Libby, if you'll come up, and the Turners, you guys come up. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dismiss, and, and Tracy and I are going to go to the back. If, if uh, Just so if we have any visitors, we can catch them. <laughs> but if you guys need prayer, come up and, and pray with these guys, or if you, want to, if, if you want us to pray for you, if you just want to talk to us, we'll be at the back. And then I'm going to pray for everyone corporately first, and then I'll dismiss. <laughs> But I just want you guys to agree that this is who we are. And as we move forward, this is who we're going to be. This is is life in us and flowing from us, through us, to other people around us. And as we do these outreaches, this is who we will be. From here to Honduras to wherever we go, we will be advancing his kingdom and seeing his healing power from the inside out. Father, pour out your spirit in us as we leave this place. Father, open our eyes, Father, that we would take our fingers out of our ears and we would hear your love for us. And I just remembered what Sam told me about vessels. He, he got this image um, of vessels. He said, uh, he said, I used to see vessels like cups or, or jars, but he said he began to see like the, the guy with his arteries, the blood vessels. And he knows already that blood vessels, as blood flows through them, the blood vessels are edified by the blood that's flowing through them. And in that same way, God, as you love through us, we are edified. Even though the blood doesn't stop and your love doesn't stop, it flows through us. It's like salve and it heals us as it flows through us. It doesn't stop. It starts in our spirit and our heart and it flows out of us. Father, continue to minister to us and open our eyes to see that. Thank you, Father, that you do it. And it's by your grace that we can be co-laborers with you here on earth. And let us continue to advance your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Father, for your peace, for your love, for your sound mind. In Jesus' holy name, amen.